Uh, I just want to give a massive welcome. We're live now in uh, all our campuses. So we're here in Chesterfield, we're in Derby, in Sheffield, and also in Stocksbridge um, as part of this uh, series. And if anyone is new today in any of our campuses, we want to give you a huge welcome. My name's Paul, together with Jeannie. I'm the lead pastor of Icon Church and just want to welcome you today. So come on, church, let's do that this morning. And as Gavin said, across all our campuses, this will be another opportunity. We launched our vision offering last week, but there's another opportunity at the end of the service to give today and then next week. We always keep it open for a couple of weeks, but next week or the week after, we'll announce what's been given into our vision offering in 2022. I'm, I'm doing a series across these three weeks called A Vision for an Integrated Church. And if you want to know how that came about, I, I outlined that and talked to you exclusively really about that last week in the first message how over 18 months during the lockdown there was just a sense in me there was lots of noise in the church world but I just felt you know people were saying the future of the church is like this and then other people were saying no no it's like this and other people were saying no it's like this and and this group of people were saying you've not heard God and this group of people were saying you've not heard God and this group of people were saying you've not and I, so I just decided we can have it all the future of the church, God's not limited. The future of the church can be like that. The future of the church can be like this. And the future of the church can be like that. And really, the, I came to that conclusion after reading again the book of Acts. And uh, with some new eyes. So I just want to read a few verses for today um, that will be key for today. And I've got a baby. The baby's behaving really well. It's not blinked yet, so there might be a problem. <laughs> Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 4 says, When the day of Pentecost came, this was the birthday of the church, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them, just notice that, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And then just a few verses later, the Apostle Luke, who's writing about the early church and what happened as a result of that, said this, they devoted themselves to the Apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possession. I mean, isn't it great to be in a church? And, uh, you know, I'm proud of Icon Church in the right way. It's great to be in a church where there's a sense of unity and that we're all pursuing a vision together. I, I love that. It says they... They, all the believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You know, as I read that, I think what a vision for the church. What a vision for the church. Have you, have you ever held a newborn baby? 
And, uh, yeah. <laughs> you ever heard that? I just, I'm an expert. <laughs> I, I remember Jeannie was in labor. I think it was 22 and a half hours. I have to get the half hour. 23 hours, I always get it wrong, 23 hours and 45 minutes with Nathan. And so when she's offered Nathan, she didn't want him. <laughs> she, she like, she like, so he came straight to me. So I was kind of the pers- first person staring into his eyes, looking at his fingers and stuff, uh, stuff like that, because Jeannie was just completely uh, wipe, wiped out. And um, I, I think the other reason she passed him to me was he was quite ugly. <laughs> It's true. It's a baby we used to call. You remember Gremlins? We had a nickname for him. It was Gremmers. Because he just had that wrinkled face and stuff like that. But I, I, remember, I remember holding Nathan and I remember uh, just looking at his face. And, because every newborn baby, after their initial cries, spend an hour or so in a stage the doctors call quiet alert. And though they can only focus 8 to 12 inches... They're looking. They're searching for something. They're looking for a face. And when they find one, especially a face that gazes back at them, they fix their eyes on that face because they found what they were looking for and they found the thing that they need most. They've made a connection. Connection is the primary task of infancy. Feeding, crying, even sleeping or just the support support system for the most essential work of finding a connection. Because that connection tells the baby who they are, where they are and where they belong. I don't know if you can remember in the 1990s, I know some of you weren't born, but our TV screens were filled with images of orphans in Romania. Lots of them. There had been a significant rise in the birth rate and a rise of poverty in the nation that meant that so many families were giving over their children to the state and were ending up in orphanages. Perhaps you saw pictures like the one behind me. And I remember a, a, a journalist writing, and I found this quote, and he said this. He was Bob Graham. I think he was a journalist for the Daily Mail. At the time, he says, usually when you enter a room packed with loads of children, the expectation is lots of noise, lots of chatter, lots of crying, or sometimes even a whimper. But he says there was none. Even though the children were awake, they lay in their cots, sometimes two to each cot, sometimes three, and their eyes were just staring silently. It was eerie, almost sinister. Bob went on to say they were inhuman, he continued. And as he recalled the living conditions of those he saw, he said children, babies, were treated like farm animals. No, he says, I'm wrong. At least the animals feel brave enough to make a noise. Along with some friends, during that time we saw that and I got a chance to go to Romania and work with a couple of Christian orphanages and our church supported in that trip some Christian orphanages who were trying to provide better care for these children and we were able to provide some resources to help them in their quest. You see the challenge for for these children was something that became known as failure to thrive syndrome. And the reason these children were 
developmentally so uh, far back and behind other children was one reason, connection. They didn't have that connection. The natural development of these children was severely stunted by this lack of this very basic human need, a lack of facial recognition, a lack of belonging, a sense of love and acceptance, the lack of a face, the lack of a connection. Reports now tell us that the sooner these children were adopted, the quicker they began to progress and develop. I believe we need this kind of connection physically in our lives as babies born, but we also need it spiritually as well. Now, this is what community can give us. This is what being part of a church family can give us. The same failure to thrive hampers so many Christians because they don't have a face. They don't have a connection. If we don't have a proper connection to the body of Christ, the family, the church, then we too can sometimes face a failure to thrive. I personally believe, POV, point of view, my point of view, not the Bible, my point of view. I personally believe that the greatest threat to humanity in the last couple of years was not the COVID-19 virus itself, but the isolation that came from the response we had to make to it. Stats around isolation are staggering. Just let me show you a few. When people face isolation, there's a 50% increased risk of dementia, as opposed to not having isolation. A 29% increased risk of heart disease, a 32% increased risk of a stroke. There are higher rates of anxiety, suicide, and depression when there's a lack of connection and when people experience isolation. That's why the Bible speaks about the church as the family of God. But you know what? The thing we need the most is what we fear the most. Because the thing you and I need the most is exactly what that baby needs, is to be fully known and to be fully loved. To be fully known but still loved. To be fully known and still celebrated. To be fully known and still accepted. And the facial recognition of your smartphone will not be a substitute to the facial recognition of a parent of the family of God, of your church, brothers and sisters. Proverbs 18 and verse 1 says this, The man who isolates himself seeks his own desire, and he rages against all wise judgment. Our modern society has made the individual sovereign. The king in modern society is us, you and me. We are sovereign. And all that means is that we have idolized ourselves, made gods of ourselves, and as a result, released selfishness on a scale that's never been known before. So last week, as I said earlier, across all our campuses, I shared about my 18-month journey of how there were some people saying, this type of church, attractional church, is over. And last week, we talked about, you know, we want to be an attractional church. And uh, we looked at that from the book of Acts. And some people were saying, you know what, the future of the church is communal. 
You know, it's smaller groups gathering in smaller numbers, and that is over. And, you know, if you're not hearing what we're hearing, you've missed God. And then there were other people saying, you know what, it's, it's even more than that. The future of the church is just intimate. It's two or three people just, you know, having a walk together. That's the future of the church. It's intimate. But when I read the book of Acts, I realized that the church was attractional communal and intimate and I believe it's why we titled our conference it's all yours I believe that we can be attractional and we can we can emphasize being attractional and ride that as far and as fast as we can but we can also focus on being communal and that's where I want to focus today I came up with this table and I showed it last week the, the verses in the book of Acts that spoke to me about the church being attractional. And today I want to emphasis on this, emphasize this middle co- column where the church was communal. They were a community together. The Bible says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, partnership, to breaking of bread, to prayer. It was this act, they were doing it all together. They were a community. They had facial recognition. The Bible even tells us they met every day in the temple courts. They were seeing each other. They had everything in common and they were sharing with one another. They met also, not just in the temple courts, outside where everyone could see them, but they also had connect groups and they met in their homes. They were giving, giving to needs and situations. And then, as I emphasized in the reading, it says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. See, I believe we need a new version of the Bible. You say, Paul, that's crazy because there's so many. I don't know which version of the Bible to read, you know? (laughs) And, um, you know, that's crazy. We need a new version of the Bible. A few years ago, Nathan and I went to... uh, America, and we got to visit the headquarters of Version. Anybody here use Version? Anybody in Stocksbridge, Sheffield, Version? I love Version. We got to meet the people who were uh, doing Version, writing the programs. But I want to tell you the version of the Bible we need is Version. Version, Because the Bible was not written to individuals. It wasn't written to you. It was written to us. And it was written to you by extension that you are a part of us. And it was written to me by extension that I am a part of us. It was written to the church. The letters were to churches. The Old Testament was to nations. The communal life of the church, our life, the we version of the church is God's antidote to loneliness in our world. God's antidote to the failure to thrive syndrome that's inevitable as a result of isolation and the personalization of everything. And I am so encouraged because I believe with all of my heart, Jesus will build his church. He will build his church. COVID-19 can't stop it. You know, self-idolization, self-recognition, facial recognition on the phone, and the, 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 um, the idolization of self will not stop Jesus building his church. And he tells us that the gates of hell, the plans of even hell itself, cannot prevail against his church. So I think we're okay. 
I think we're okay. I think there's exciting days ahead if we can be the church that Jesus is building. So these verses talk about the verses in Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, how they devoted themselves or continued steadfastly. These are the communal aspects of the life of the church. Let me read Acts 42 again. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. That word devoted is properly translated, they continued steadfastly. They continued steadfastly. In fact, the Greek, in the Greek, Luke is saying this, and now they were continuing steadfastly. This, Luke is saying, is the result of them all being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, they were continuing steadfastly. One of my favorite theologians is a guy called Gordon Fee, and he wrote this book. It's one of my favorite books. I recommend it. It's Paul, the Spirit, and the People of God. It's not a heavy theological book. It's a a book that anyone can read. And in this book, he talks about the church being a community of the Spirit. And you know, that has informed my prayer life for Icon Church over the years, that I still pray it often sometimes on a Sunday morning when I'm driving to church, Lord, make us a community of your Spirit. A community where the Spirit of God is just so active amongst us in so many ways. And that's what the book of Acts was. When you read the book of Acts, you're reading about a community of the Spirit. So I want to take some of these verses from Acts and I want to take Gordon Fee's phrase, the community of the Spirit. And you're a community of the Spirit in Stocksbridge. You're a community of the Spirit in Derby. In Sheffield, you're a community of the Holy Spirit. And here in Chesterfield too, we're a community of the Holy Spirit. And I want to take his phrase and just draw out three things from those verses that speak about the life, the communal, the facial recognition life, if you will, of the church. How do you feel about that? Great, fantastic. Here's the first, the community of the Spirit grows together. Grows together. You, You will grow more as a follower of Jesus in relationship with others than you will on your own. Too many Christians believe I can just sit at home, watch Stephen Furtick, and I'll grow as a Christian. Like, it's not true. Like, I love Furtick. I've been to Elevation. I want to go again. I love it. But it's not true. Now, if you can't get out of your home, you know, go for it. But we need a community. We need a community. It says, this verse says, they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. Because you know why? We grow together. In our unity, in our oneness. We need a place where we're fully known. But we're still loved and accepted. Where people know, Paul gets annoyed at this, but they still love me. Do you know, and, and church, we should not be afraid of being in church, should be a place where we can feel safe, that if I'm known, these people aren't giving up on me. They're not going anywhere. They're not, they're not ostracizing me. No, they'll still accept me. They'll still love me. They'll still tell me. The signs will still be on the screen. You belong here. You know, we need a place where we can be fully known, but we fear that the most. But it's in our togetherness that growth comes. 
spiritual growth comes out of our communal life, our inner life of a church. You know, we think we can grow personally, individually, and there's some growth that can happen. But the New Testament is full of this one another activity where we grow together and we help one another grow. I love that stat on the uh, video, 451 people in connect groups. Did you notice it had grown from 440 last week? It's not that 11 new people have joined connect groups, it's just that I guessed at 440 and no one checked. It's actually 451 people in connect groups. I want to encourage you, if you're not part of a connect group, be part of a connect group. Be part of, connect with a group of people where you have the opportunity to meet every couple of weeks, you know, pray for one another, talk and discuss and find one another in friendship. Hundreds of people serve across the life of Icon Church in teams. I mean, I don't know what worship was like for all our other campuses today, but forgive me a moment just to say, our creative team just did an incredible job today here in Chesterfield. And over the last six months, we have created something that will help us all to grow together as Icon Church. And it's something called, you might want to jot this down, so if you need to get your phone out or whatever, so that you remember it or get ready to take a photo or whatever it is, we've created a site and it's just for you. So if you're online and you're not part of Icon Church, this isn't for you. (laughs) Kidding. It's just for Icon Church. And this site is called followjesus.uk. Because we've talked about... There's that ugly baby. We've talked about... we've, We've talked about as a church that there are five ways that we follow Jesus. That we pray... That we read the Bible that we gather, that we build relationships, and that we all play our part. And so we have created a site, whereas if, you, if you're part of Icon Church, you don't need a password, all you need to know is volajesus.uk, you can go to, any, to this site and you have all those sections. We pray, we read the Bible, we gather as church, we play our part, we build relationships. And on each level, there are three levels. So the first is like, we pray, start here. So you click start here and you'll see a little video, a short video that talks about praying, starting with prayer. Then you can click discover more. And it will open up some practices for you. Here's some ways to pray, some things that you can try, some things that you can experiment with. Maybe one style of prayer suits you better than another style of prayer. But there's some practices that we encourage and we want to encourage together. And from time to time, we'll maybe talk about some of these things in in our connect groups. And then the third is explore further, where we've linked to resources that help us as a community grow in prayer. And for every one of those areas, we've developed that so that as a community of the Spirit, we can grow together. 
I want to say a huge thank you to Dave McEwen, who's ill and not here. He's watching online today, who's put a lot of work into that, but also Nathan and Sam, who've built it. And uh, there's links to that. Followjesus.uk. Come on, why don't we thank them this morning together. See, the reason we're called Icon Church, many people say, what does icon mean? It means image. And the word icon is used in the Bible in Colossians 1 where it says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. In Hebrews it says Jesus is the exact representation. But it's also used as you and me as human beings. We were made in God's image, in his likeness. And as we grow together, we begin to reflect God as a community. So I, I want to encourage you, follow Jesus.uk, get in there, dig around. But don't just look at it and think, oh, what a great thing. Like, experiment with it. Use it. There's a chat function. There's a, there's a function where you can send messages. If you, if you want more information on anything, you can get involved. The second thing I want to share is that the community of the Spirit partners together. It partners together. We all play our part. It says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. The word fellowship, for me, is better translated partnership. And uh, I once saw an illustration. I'd love, to, I'd love three guys to come and help me, because you'll not forget this. You'll forget it if I tell you, but if, if I show you. So three, three guys, all of whom have the ability to sit on their bottoms. So I need, come on, Dave. Give it up for these three guys. So Dave, if you, if you want to just sit on your bottom there with your knees up and face me. That's it. That's it, knees up, good. Like if you want to get behind him. Right behind him. That's it. Not like that, not like that. Knees up, knees up. That's it, bit closer if you can. That's it, and the same. Some fellowship, all fellows in one ship. I want you to pretend you're rowing. There you go. George has got it. All fellows. And Jesus is the cox. Jesus is at the front of our boat saying, faster. (laughs) Faster. Put your back into it, Nathan. Come on. (laughs) Come on, give it up for these guys. (laughs) We're partners together. And that's a great illustration, actually, how, you know, to move a boat that those guys have to do that. And, you know, there's two words in the New Testament, personally, that I change when I read them. One is fellowship, and I change it to partner or partnership. And the other is Christ. When I read the word Christ, I change it to king. Because it helps me understand. And it's not a perfect thing because it doesn't necessarily work for every verse but let me give us a few examples this morning here's the first one God is faithful who has called you into partnership with his son Jesus Christ or with his son King Jesus our Lord what about the next one we proclaim to you what we have seen on heard and heard so that you may also have partnership with us and our partnership is with the father and with his son Jesus the king I love that what about this one James Peter and John those esteemed to be pillars gave me and Barnabas the right hand of partnership 
when they recognized the grace given me. You see what they were saying to Paul is you're, you're involved, you're a part of this. You know, you, you, we give you, we accept you as a partner when they recognized the grace that was given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. I think I might have one more. Is there one more? Maybe not. That's the last one. Yes, that's the last one. Here's the point. How do we follow Jesus? We play our part. To know Jesus is to serve him. To partner with him in his mission to build his church and reach people far from God. Jesus said this, the son of man, talking about himself, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. Like I can't be a follower of Jesus and just be give me, give me, give me. Because Jesus serves. Our goal is to be like Jesus, to be icons who bear his image. The psalmist said it like this. He prophesied this. Your people will be willing. You will be willing volunteers in the day of your power. And I want to tell us all across Icon Church, this is the day of God's power. We have been in the day of God's power for the last 2,000 years. Jesus said to the disciples, wait in Jerusalem, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit... We're in the day of God's power. And our God's people will be willing in the day of his power. So I want to say thank you to every person who served. Hundreds of people serve every weekend across Icon Church. Come on, let's thank every person today. And then the last thing, the community of the Spirit gives together. There's a few passages in those early chapters of Acts where giving is really focused. All, Acts 2, 44-45, all the believers were together, they had everything in common, and they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. And then chapter 4, verses 32-37, to 37, The multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. No one said that any of the things they possessed was their own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of Jesus, the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone amongst them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them, brought the proceeds proceeds of the things that were sold. They laid them at the apostles' feet and they distributed to each one as they had need. And Joseph, Joseph, who was also called Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it. And he brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. When I was reading these verses... 18 months ago or however long ago, I was thinking, why do they emphasize this giving so much? Why do they emphasize what was happening? And I just felt in my own heart, God say, because this was a miracle. This was the work of the Holy Spirit that people did not just think about their needs, but they thought about God's needs in terms of seeing the kingdom come. This was an act of the Holy Spirit to unify this group of disparate believers and create this spirit of generosity. And you know, generosity is an hallmark of Icon Church. One of our cultural values is that we are generous and that we give and that we give again. And we have to remember being passionate is not about a motivational speech. 
When we talk about the passion of Christ, we don't think about Jesus giving a motivational speech. You know, when you, when you watch, I don't know if you all or nothing on Amazon and you see those football managers in the dressing rooms, you know, you're like giving their motivational speech, Jurgen Klopp, Stan, with those Liverpool, come on, you've done nothing for me. You've done nothing for me this half, come on. You know, that, that, we, we equate passion with that, but that's not passion. Passion is sacrifice. When we talk about the passion of Christ, it's not his motivational talks. It's his sacrifice. It's his journey to the cross. And so Paul writes to Timothy and the worship team are going to come back because um, we're going to close in a second. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in their riches, but to trust in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy, let them do good. That they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. Why does Luke emphasize these verses? Why does the Holy Spirit emphasize this giving? Because the Holy Spirit creates a spirit of generosity where we all play our part. And our passion for his kingdom to come and his will to be done amongst his people in the communities where we live, the kingdom to come will result in generosity. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I want to do two things as we close. And in a moment, we're going to have an opportunity, but just wait for that to give again into our vision offering. I know many of you may have given last week or some of you may not have been around. It was the end of half term, but just an opportunity to give into our vision offering. And I'll talk about that just for a second in a moment. But you know, when I uh, thought about this illustration, I felt the Holy Spirit really prompt me to say, I want to pray today for people who are wanting children, but you're struggling in this moment. I'm not going to ask you to respond, but we are going to pray for you. And I know across Icon Church, maybe all the time, there are people who are trying for children or are believing for children in their future. I want to take a moment to pray for you today. And believe God. You know, you read the Old Testament, you read the Bible, there's miracles. Sarah having the miracle child Isaac. There's so many times God brought that to pass and I want to pray for those people today and I want us as Icon Church just to take a moment to pray for any couple any family that is believing today have children maybe you could be in Stocksbridge today or Sheffield or Derby or here in Chesterfield maybe you're online today I remember uh, speaking at a staff meeting in another church and there was a a guy there and he and his wife had been trying for so long to have, have children. And at the end of the meeting, I didn't talk about this, but he said, could you pray for me? And, and I prayed for him and it was a very special moment. There was a very special sense of God's presence in that moment. And uh, he said to me, I didn't say it, but I knew God was doing something. He said to me, I believe God's done it. Nine months later, they had twins. So get ready. No, come on, in all seriousness, I just want to take a moment to pray for you. We, we see you. 
we love you and we want God's best for you and we stand with you in this moment. So I pray right now, Holy Spirit, for every couple across Icon Church that at this moment in time is looking to you and longing for children. They're longing for that moment of connection in their lives that so far they've, they've not received. I ask you in Jesus' name, we ask you as Icon Church in Jesus' name to give to them the gift of children. And we declare it in the mighty name of Jesus. We remove any obstacle in the name of Jesus. However it comes about, about we ask you to give children into their lives, into those families, in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Come on, if you believe God can do it, why don't you praise Him? So some people say the church should be like this. Some people say the church should be like that. Some people say the church should be like that. We believe we can have it all. God wants to give it us all. And I want to give us a response us to give into our vision offering as response. You know, you've heard from the videos, our target this year is 70,000. And um, we're really believing for that. We're so thankful for all that God has been, has done and we've been able to do as a result in 2022. But we've got a lot more vision to be fulfilled. So we want to start 2023 on a good footing and so we're believing for that. So how does a church like Icon take an offering of 70,000? Well, one person could give 70,000. And if you're in any of our campuses today, thank you so much. <laughs> Two people, of course, could give 35,000. 10 people could give 7,000. We've seen many gifts of 7, 10, 15,000 in the life of our church over the years. And I want to say thank you. 50 of us could give 1,500 pounds and that would be 70,000. 100 of us could give 700 pounds each and that would be 7,000. 200 of us could give 350 pounds and that would be 70,000. My point is, let's play our part. Let's do what we can do. There's no compulsion. There's no twisting of your arm. It's just that as I've been talking about community, this is part of our communal life community of the Spirit gives together. So if um, this is an opportunity for you to give, if you're not already given, there's envelopes on your seats and you can get those ready. They, they're entitled vision offerings. You can prepare them. This one's already been prepared by Jeannie for us. And uh, we're taking a moment to give again this week and just believe in God for His favor. So just in Stocksbridge, just prepare, be ready to give. In Sheffield, prepare, be ready to give. In Derby, prepare, be ready to give. Here in Chesterfield, let's just prepare, be ready to give. I'm going to hand back to campus pastors, actually, right now, who can just lead the giving moment. But I thank you, every person across Icon Church. We just take a couple of weeks in vision offering just to show the numbers and just to give an opportunity to give. I just want to say a thank you in advance to everyone that will give into the life of church 
to see the vision that Jesus has for his church, the building of his church, move forward. If you didn't come prepared to give, you can pledge and sort that out later, and that's available in all our campuses. Thank you so much. Let me hand over to campus pastors just to take our giving.